Hey everybody, Sam here. Super excited for our conversation today for what we're going to be digging into for the Word of God that uh, that we're going to just read and, and again, let Christ reveal Himself through His Word. The Bible says Jesus was the Word made flesh, right? He is the Word. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life, right? No one comes to the Father except through Him. But when we read the Word, we get a little glimpse. You know, it's like it's like a I'm unfortunately having to bring it to modern terms, but it's like the longest text message you'll ever read, right? Or you get a letter. Unfortunately, letters aren't really as common. You know, we're not really using carrier pigeon or anything like we used to, or there's not like a mailman always running, right? Those things are still relevant, but unfortunately, especially the younger generation, they're just, it's not, there's not a lot, not a lot of letters, excuse me, that are just being handed out. But there is text messages. So it's the same principle. The Lord wrote the word. It's divinely inspired, right? The scripture is God communicating to us. It is like a letter. It is like a message that has been sent, that has been written down. You know, we don't read all of our text messages in chapter or verse. We read them in context. So even when we're reading the Bible, reading maybe a whole book, right, or a whole writing or a section that's been established, you know, taking the time to read them all the way through, like you would read a, a message or a communication with, with another person. It's important that we allow the fullness and we read it with ears to hear, right? We allow the scripture to speak to us. We allow God to speak to us through his word and reveal who Christ is. So in this conversation, we're going to get into Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, and I'm going to start in verse 6. Um, and it says this. I'm just I'm just going to read it because I had a thought, but I thought, no, we're, we're just going to get right into this. This is super good, you guys. It says this, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Now that N word, sometimes that can be very, um, if you think about it with a natural mind, it's very kind of hard to grasp. But that inwardness, it's an intimacy thing. It's a covenant language, right? Whenever the Bible says, whenever two people come together, says a man and a woman, when they come together and they form a covenant, right? The covenant of marriage it says they become one flesh. Now, I don't know about you, but my parents weren't some kind of weird, you know, conglomeration where they're just like, they got five arms and they're just all of a sudden one flesh like that. No, they're one flesh in their thinking and their actions and their processes and their communications, right? There's things that happen. First Corinthians chapter six talks about us being one spirit with Christ, right? The Holy Spirit dwelling within us. That's covenant relationship. John, Jesus, 14, 15, 16, 17, right? 15, excuse me, 15, 16, 17. There's these, this discussion, and then chapter 17 is like a prayer. And in that prayer, Jesus talks a lot about us and him, him and us, God the Father in us, making our dwelling place. I mean, there's all kinds of discussion about in and that language being used, that word in, that is like covenant intimacy in our thinking, in our way of acting, in our words. It's an it's inward, literally, you know, no pun intended. Being in him is an inward thing. It's something that happens, and it's a thing that when you're born again, and Christ and the Father, right, the Holy Spirit make their dwelling place in you, it's a spiritual thing. It's a reality where we are one with him, right? It's very intimate conversation, thoughts, exchange, right? So, as you've received Christ, walk in Him. In other words, do as He did. Follow His example, right? Christ said, take up your cross and follow me. 
says this verse 7, how do we walk in him? When we are rooted in him and established in the faith, right? When we allow the word of God, right? We allow the word to reveal who Christ is and that so establishes our heart. Just as you were taught, so this even goes back to the, the teaching of, of people and of ministries and, and things and resources and conversations and all that is used, you know, sermons that are teaching, right? These things that boost our faith, that teach our faith, that then abound, that our heart then abounds in thanksgiving because of these things. See that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition and the elemental spirits that are of the world, and not according to Christ. Now, this is kind of what I wanted to get into today. Obviously, this is a huge, um, in the regard of there's a lot of details that could be discussed. There's a lot of things that could really get into, and there's a lot of just things that could be flushed out. But I really just want to emphasize the main points of this. Because the Holy Spirit, if you've received Christ, right, the Holy Spirit makes His dwelling place in you, right? We've received the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible talks, you can read all through the New Testament about the Holy Spirit, the infilling of God, you know, being born again, all that that actually entails. Read the Word, read the whole, I mean, the whole thing. Let it all just land and let the Holy Spirit, again, lead us into truth. He's the one who teaches. So in this regard, I encourage you, take some time with the Lord. Take some time with the Holy Spirit and intimacy and some quiet time and say, hey, Lord, I want you to talk to me about this. Help me to, to see this the way that you see it, right? So it says this. Again, I'm going to reread this because I want to talk about it. No one takes you captive by philosophy, right, and empty deceit. This is something that the Lord has, has really um, helped my heart with, and I'm just going to say it this way, and, I, you know, this is, this is personal experience for me, Um. I really got into a point where I, I started looking a lot into um, like psychology and studying, you know, human behavior. And there's tons and tons of resources available um, that you can begin to study how and why people do what they do. You know, why do men act like men? Why do women act like women? Why do kids act the way they do? Adults, you know, I mean, just all the, the different philosophies of people, the ideas, the study, right? All of these things. And they are good in a sense because there is some truth and there's some light that comes to just understanding how we function, right? There's scientifical things that are scientifical. That's not a word. There's scientific things that can really help us. You know, I'm not saying that's not the case, but I am saying this. Why would we study a fallen man? The Lord just put it to me like this. He said, Sam, the study of psychology is the study of a fallen man. It's not the study of a born again man. Christ is the study of a born-again man. If we want to know how we're supposed to walk as a believer, let's not take the time to just invest strictly into psychology or philosophies of people or different, you know, oh, well, we did this study and we asked so many people, blah, blah, blah. Were they studying born-again, believing, God-infilled, new creation, you know, people? Or was it just anybody? Because it's important that we allow ourselves, again, doesn't make better or worse, but this is a, a, a truth and a light issue. Are we going to allow the darkness of a fallen world, right? The Bible says we are in the world, but we're not of the world. What is, what, how does that even apply? It means we might be in having different experiences in the world, but that doesn't mean that the world has to be in us. 
that we have to see the world, right? We have to see creation through the world's lens. We can see creation through a born-again, redemptive, godly lens, a lens that is full of light and of truth. The Bible says in 1 John that God is light, and in him there is no darkness. What does that mean? There's no deception. There's no confusion. There's no evil in God. The Bible even talks about temptation. It says, don't say God tempted me. God doesn't tempt with evil. There is no evil in him. So that means when we're born again, there's actually a, a lens, like sun, think of like sunglasses. You know, if you've ever had any eye issues, sometimes you have to wear glasses to adjust your vision so your depth perception's right, correct? So it's the same way. How do we have proper discernment in life? We have to see through the study of Christ, through the revelation of who Christ is, how he walked as the last Adam, right? This comes when we're rooted in faith and the faith of God is just, it is rock solid in our heart. Come no matter what, we are rooted in Christ. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, right? How he functioned. He was the teacher of all teachers, right? Verse eight, again, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy, empty deceit, according to human tradition. See, human tradition, that's like, I heard it from this person, who heard it from this person, who heard it from this person. Again, these things that might have been even well-intending, might even been, you know, we're just trying to help. That might be the case. But see, there is one source of life, and we have to be willing to take even that which might be good intention and align it with the Word of God. doesn't make the person a bad person doesn't make me a good person or a better person, but it just means I am holding my heart responsible. I'm holding who I am as a believer, as a follower of the way of Christ, right? As a follower of Christ, I'm going to hold everything accountable to the word of God because that is unchangeable. Humans' opinions, ideas. I mean, if we look even just at certain philosophical ideas, constantly things are changing. You know, every week someone's got a new dissertation, Someone's got a new opinion on this study or this study or this study, and everything's constantly changing, changing, changing. But there's one thing that stays the same. That's our God. He is a rock. He is established from the beginning of time to the end of time. He is the same. The Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's certain things that are just unchangeable and unmovable. And we, as believers, as born-again Christians and followers of Christ, we can become so established and solid, but it's connected to, are we rooted in our faith in Christ? And are we rooted in thanksgiving? Does it come out of our mouth? Are we constantly speaking of the goodness of God? Are we speaking of how awesome he is? Are we speaking of what he's done for us? Are we giving testimony? Are we sharing our faith? Are we sharing the truth and the light which we have received? See, these things are just, it's all interconnected. It's not necessarily just a do right, do wrong. That was how the law operated. But we are to do how love would do. Because love, it's, it's pure and it's holy. It's, it's who God is. The Bible says God is love. It's very, very holy. So again, as this conversation comes to an end, I want to encourage you guys. Take some time. Allow the Holy Spirit to just work in your heart. Read this scripture Read Colossians 2, read the whole chapter, and allow the Holy Spirit to even highlight things, not just what was discussed in this conversation, but just digging into who you are and how you can walk in Christ more and more every single day. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you guys next time on Roar.